Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. His head. And you look so innocent, he complained. We believed everything you said. The young Englishman grinned. I am innocent, he replied. No woolly little lamb could be more so. And I did tell you the blessed truth, you know. Even though I didn't mention I had a bit of a job to do as well as having an interest in your welfare. Our own chaps had discovered heavy water was coming into Hong Kong too, so naturally we were interested. But since Bradley was already on the job, and we cooperate with you Americans on matters atomic. We sat back and waited. I'm astonished, Zircon admitted. But get on with your story, Carl. Right. As I said, spies spy on each other. I contacted a French agent I know, and in the course of having lunch with him, I casually asked how much he had paid for the information about an atomic pile. I was just fishing, of course. Well, he took the bait. He leapt at it like a striking tuna. I knew I had something then. From there on, it wasn't hard to uncover the whole business, just by making contact with the espionage agents of various countries. The Janik man wet his throat with another sip of coke. And business is just what it was. I can't say how long ago, Long Shadow found out there was heavy water in the Caves of Fear. I did find out that in his younger days he was something of a scientist, and that he explored the Corsalankan region thoroughly. That was shortly before the discovery of heavy water in Lake Bacal. I think we can assume that he pieced the story together and realized that the lake and the caverns had the same possibilities. It would have been only a matter of scientific curiosity then, but with recent developments in the atomic field, the possibilities took on a new light. He paused as a Filipino brushed by, then resumed, lowering his voice so only those at the table could hear. He's a smart one. I've known about him for a long time as one of the best freelance agents in the Far East. He has a good reputation for accuracy, and he sells or sold information to the highest bidder. He was writing on his reputation in this deal, because as soon as the facts became known, as they had to sooner or later, he was all washed up as a spy. I don't get it, Rick complained. I'll explain. He was selling a story to every country that was interested. 
he would contact the embassy consulate or chief espionage agent of say country x he would report that country y had a secret atomic pile nuclear reactor that is in the mountains of west china you can imagine the excitement he would sell that information for a reasonable price then for a considerably higher price he would undertake to collect a sample of the deuterium they were using once he collected the sample which of course came from corsa lincoln he would contract to give them the location of the reactor for a very high price indeed he made the rounds country by country changing his story as needed of course he collected in advance for the location which was to be delivered later after he had risked his life getting it that was the story he used and some of the best agents in the orient fell for it the daring ingenuity of the thing made rick shake his head but they were certain to catch up with him of course he knew it but he intended to stall in giving them the final location until he had tapped every possible source then i believe he intended handing them some phony location in west china after which he would disappear and live on the proceeds he collected enough to make him very wealthy he hadn't reached us yet but you can bet that if i hadn't stumbled on the story he would have made a sale to one of our embassies or consulates ours too keaton yates said he took advantage of all the interest in atomic weapons and of his reputation of course what about ko scotty asked ko had a sideline bradley explained he was selling heavy water to various institutions and schools all over asia for normal experimental purposes he claimed to be importing it from england that was why they were bringing so much out that is also how we got interested keaton yates said we got more queries about heavy water at a lower price from one of the schools that had bought ko's product naturally we knew no heavy water was coming from england so we got interested very quickly we sure dropped a monkey wrench in a gold mine rick said evidently zircon agreed but you haven't explained why long shadow and co are finished keaton yates laughed grimly bradley stretched his legs out easy the story had already spread about heavy water at corsa lincoln ronnie and i got good word circulating right after we received your cable from chung king by now all the countries he sold his story to and that is most countries know they've been done in the eye as our british friend would say do you know the penalty for a double cross in the espionage racket a bullet a knife or a blunt instrument keaton yates said it's as certain as tomorrow's dawn bradley nodded also the lamas wouldn't permit the two of them to remain after their wounds are healed they are evil men and the lamas know it sooner or later they'll have to leave the mountains and enter civilization i know their type they might survive if they wanted to live alone in the mountains like two wolves but they won't rick shuddered 
he knew from experience what it was like to be hunted. Ko and Long Shadow would be hunted by agents of a dozen countries or more once they set foot in civilization. After that, it was only a matter of time. The two couldn't escape for long. Now, Bradley said, let's have the details of your trip. A burly English seaman brushed past. I'll be quick, Zircon said. You know... Bradley let out a yelp as the seaman stepped squarely on his foot. Watch out where you're going, you big ox, he exclaimed. The seaman stopped short. Who you callin' a ruddy ox, you little blighter? He grabbed Bradley by the collar. The Janig's man's hands moved in a blur of speed. One struck the seaman's hand away. The second caught him just above the solar plexus. The seaman rocked backward, stumbled over a table occupied by three Portuguese, and crashed to the floor, taking the table with him. One Portuguese clubbed the seaman over the head with a bottle. The second threw a glass at Bradley. The third picked up a chair. Look out! Scotty yelled. He flung his coke into the face of the chair wielder, then jumped to grab the chair. The Portuguese, who had swung the bottle, threw it at Scotty, missed, and knocked the glass out of the hand of a Sikh seated at a nearby table. The Sikh rose with a battle yell and leapt. Rick lost track after that. For a moment, he stood amazed, then jumped to help Chato, who was being tackled from behind by one of the Portuguese. Canton Charlie's was in an uproar. The fight had spread like fire in dead leaves. Rick hadn't been aware of the place filling up, but it was definitely full. Bottles and glasses flew. He ducked a wild swing with a chair. Then, as he stood up, he brought the table with him, dumping it over on three Chinese who were struggling with Scotty. A fist caught him behind the ear. He kicked backward, then whirled, his elbow catching a Filipino sailor in the chest. The Filipino sprawled backward. A bottle whizzed past Rick's ear. He ducked, then rushed to Zircon. The big scientist was holding a British seaman in each hand, busily knocking their heads together. Scotty rose out of his path, swinging. A Eurasian, who had been about to swim with a bottle, stopped short, swaying as Scotty's fist connected. The bottle dropped on Chata, who was crawling out from under a table. An American sailor rushed past, one arm catching Rick and sending him sprawling. Rick swung wildly and pulled his punch just in time to keep from bashing Keaton Yates, who was busy with a swarthy man with gold rings in his ears. The place was a madhouse. Bradley went headlong at Rick's feet, jumped up again like a rubber ball, and plunged into the fray. Rick saw with amazement that he was grinning from ear to ear. A Portuguese rose from nowhere and aimed a roundhouse swing at Rick's head. He ducked, then put all his weight into an overhand chop, missed, and fell against the Portuguese. The man threw him off and caught him behind the ear with a short hook. Rick shook his head, dazed. Another punch caught him on the cheek. He lost his temper then and flailed out. One fist connected solidly. The Portuguese vanished, to be replaced by someone else. Rick swung until his arms were leaden. 
Then, in the midst of the turmoil, came a stentorian bellow. Here, listen. He turned. Canton Charlie was standing on the bar, and a sawed-off shotgun roamed impartially over the crowd. The first man who pulls a knife gets this, he shouted. There was a roar from the mob, and the instant of silence dissolved into a melee again. Rick turned back to see how his friends were doing, and saw a fist coming at him. He tried to bring his hands up, but he was too slow. The fist got bigger and bigger and bigger, and exploded into bright lights. His knees buckled. He drifted off into peace and quiet. End of chapter 19